1: Hey there, No Labels, No Limits podcast listeners, I want to grab just a couple of minutes before we start today's podcast and let you know about a new membership community that's opening up. It's called The Sandbox. Now, The Sandbox was explicitly designed so that folks like you, who have big dreams and goals, who are working on busting through limiting labels and beliefs, who are overcoming challenges, have a place to come, A, to be encouraged, to get tips and tools, to meet other people and share ideas, and just relax. So as a member, you're going to have exclusive access to an extensive library of training, tools, and resources that have been meticulously crafted over the years. But that's not all. You are actually in the driver's seat, so you can help shape the direction of the content and the sandbox. So what's actually in the sandbox? Well, there will be expert sessions that will be tailored to your needs with a focus on the questions that come from our community. There are group learning sessions, live trainings, Q&A sessions, and we will be sharing inspiring membership success stories. You will have an opportunity to learn and grow alongside fellow Sandbox community members. If you need guidance or support, Our online forum is going to be the perfect space to engage with other members, ask questions, find motivation, and share your success with the Sandbox community. We are committed to your success, and that's why we're offering monthly challenges and support check-ins, ensuring you're always on track. So click the link below and put your name either on the waiting list or sign up today for the Sandbox community, and we'll see you there where the dreams will be unleashed, and you'll start making rapid progress. Hey there, No Labels, No Limits Podcast listeners. Welcome to this episode of the No Labels, No Limits Podcast, a podcast all about helping action takers and decision makers like you align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life. And we're going to dig into things that might surprise you about what those goals really are. But I'm here to tell you that the life you want to live is possible with the right focus and intent, then followed by your support group, mindset, and strategy. So on today's podcast, we are joined by Misha Rubin. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready to meet Misha. We've been chatting a little bit before we came live with you, but he's someone who is transforming lives and careers as a highly accomplished career strategist and CEO of CareerLeap. Misha's mission is to facilitate meaningful, intentional life change, both at work and in life. we see the alignment there, folks. With a wealth of experience, Misha Misha specializes in helping professionals and executives find their true calling, unleash their full potential, and thrive in their careers. He spent 15 remarkable years at Ernst & Young for folks who don't pay attention to uh, finances and accounting. They're the big deal. Um, He's achieved the prestigious position of partner. And during that time, he served as an advisor to numerous Wall Street executives. Managed high-value projects with hundreds of millions and guided countless professionals and executives on their career journeys. I would also say those are pretty high-stress um, environments, both probably for you as as a guide and them as the people on the floor. His expertise, though, extends far beyond the realm of professional success, and he's intimate in his understanding of the challenges about balancing, you know, those worldly achievements that we think we want. And the pursuit of purpose and fulfillment. And that's why he's dedicated to finding practical answers to the important questions surrounding purpose and impact in the workplace. And I'd say it goes beyond the workplace. So today, um, Misha and I are going to dig into conversation about him, his past, his insights, and we're going to dig in specifically to how to live life fully, whether personal or professional or in other areas. So with that, Let's welcome Misha. Hi, Misha.
2: Hi, Sarah. I'm so excited to be here with you.
1: I've been looking forward to this. I got to tell you, I did a little background checking on you, which is leading me up to my very first question, which is nothing we've talked about. Um, But I want to ask you to share a bit about your journey and why you decided to do the work you're doing today, but specifically how your music, the music side of you, your artist side influences you.
2: Hmm. Oh, my God, you did some research. Um, so I'm taking you to this moment, it was a little bit over three years ago, where I'm sitting in a conference room uh, with other executives in management consulting firm where I worked, and everybody's discussing some important topics in serious voice. And then I hear myself speak, you know, in my corporate voice, you know, very serious. And as I'm speaking, I hear my quiet voice that tells me, you're not going to do this anymore. The only thing, my quiet voice wasn't that polite in expressing its idea. So at that time, I was a partner uh, at Ernst & Young for over five years. I was making more money than an immigrant from Ukraine could have ever imagined. And I had this role with a lot of responsibilities, but also like a trophy also at the same time. And at the same time, I was a breadwinner at three small kids. I didn't really have a clear idea what I wanted to do. So, but that was like a moment of truth for me where, and I jumped off the cliff and I usually say, it's not a good idea to jump off the cliff, but that's what I did. And as I was flying off the cliff, I was thinking that actually I know a lot of people that not fulfilled in their jobs. And while we educated on zillion of topics around all types of subjects. Nobody gives us career education. So nobody teaches us, how do you choose the right path for you? What is the right industry? What is the right profession? When is the right time to make change? How do you even approach it? So as a good management consultant, you know, I took a lot of the skills that I learned in business and in management consulting, and I developed my own framework of tools that I call the Career Leap Method. And I've been using it for the past three years, guiding executives and professionals in discovering what it is they really want to do in life and, and how to actually accomplish that.
1: So what is, you? well, let's go back to my second part of the question. How has your artistry, your music influenced how you think about your work or even approach it? Or does it?
2: So my music was this burst of the, you know, there was like this burst of energy before I had, before we adopted three children in two years, you know, I. Rec- so I tell you, I haven't been a musician since my kids were born because that pretty much killed it. But I am an artist in my heart, so right. I do a lot of things. So I do approach my business as, and my teaching and my life as a work of art. So I would say it's not that music influences my business, but me being an artist at, in heart influenced my music and influencing my business and influencing how I live my life in general
1: I'm not sure even though you're not actively playing or doing your music do you ever really stop being a musician in your you know in your being
2: I call it an artist so I'm not attached to the medium right yeah yeah so I went through periods where I painted a little bit where I designed jewelry where I wrote a blog so I had all different periods of my life that kind of come together like that
1: I kind of think the work you do now also working with executives and, you know, leaders and professionals is art as well, right?
2: Absolutely. Because you don't
1: have a, you're not sticking everybody in the same thing. You have to be fluid and be with them.
2: Well, you know, this is an interesting point. You know, like every art has science in it. Yes. So the career leap method is the science, but you kind of really need to understand the art, right, to be able to extract the science. So in the career leap method, I wanted to articulate the process, the ideas that one would need to go through in order to discover what they want to do and pursue it, right? And of course, there is art to it as to any science. So it's all integrated.
1: So give us an example. If you would uh, just a little bit about the framework. Pretend I'm coming to you as a burnout executive. I've been that, so I can play that role pretty well. Um, what What are we going to talk about? What What's the plan?
2: Let me maybe give you a few examples because I think that will make it more real for people. Perfect. I'll give you some of my favorites. You know, so there was this wonderful lady came to me. She's an architect, and she's like, Misha get me out of the architecture. It's impossible to be a woman architect. So she was working in this old school architectural firm and was so just disappointed, you know, and and almost like disgusted with just her experience of working there. And one of the core thing that I work with people is on developing their career blueprint. So if you really think about Knowing what to do in life is really a function of understanding who you are and what you want. And that's from there you can explore what you can be doing. So Career Blueprint is really a lot about that. And a part of Career Blueprint is understanding... Career Blueprint is like a a blueprint of a building, right? Of your dream house. So, And the building blocks of Career Blueprint are different career criteria. And some of them are, I call them innate criteria related to how you are this is how you are it's your vocational value system it's your motivational mechanism is your strength paradigm it's all these things that we so once we did this work with her she was like oh my god i remembered why i fell in love with architecture and why i chose architecture as my field i love architecture i would love to be an architect i'm just working in the wrong place so this is just an example of somebody who just fell in love with what it is
1: but it's a great example because it's a false premise she thought she hated architecture but it was the box that she was living in not the architect world itself right because she felt hemmed in or that she couldn't be express herself from her values and why she wanted to be there
2: exactly but if you think about all our life journey and career journey included is full of these you know, limiting beliefs and limiting understanding of things that box us into a particular point of view about life. Um, I'll give you another example, you know, there's a gentleman came to me and you know, he's been doing good work been 10 years in the same company was getting good reviews that really didn't translate into a pay or career path or fulfillment or satisfaction, you know? And he had two small children and he was like, really, he was like depressed. Um, like there was no way out. It's very hard to live your life fully when you're not happy at work, you know? So, and then, you know, one thing that we distinguish with him is that he used to be like a badass. You know, he used to do sports and take risks. And then and then he got a corporate job, he got married, He got, and then he became like a good boy. You know, and as a good boy, he was getting good performance reviews, but really not being himself, right? And, well, this is what he did. He went to his boss and, and asked for a 70% raise. Can you imagine? And I usually say, I don't care about your raise. I don't care even whether you get a new job. I don't care. About any, what, what I care about is that you're clear and empowered. Because if you are clear and empowered, you will be taking amazing actions and you will be accomplishing amazing things. So you can imagine how clear and empowered one has to be to go and ask for his goals for 70% raise, right? Well, he didn't get the raise, but the blueprint that we built, we used to find him, you know, a director position in the, one of the most innovative companies in the industry. He moved his family to different state. You know, I was speaking with him Not that long ago, he's like me, it's like a whole new life, you know, it's, i created a whole new life for myself. So that, you know, that's amazing to me. That's amazing when people, so I think career is just one aspect of our life, but it's almost like we need to become fully alive inside, right? And then we can have a great career and that will impact our quality of life and our relationships and our engagement with our community.
1: Totally agree. Cause you can feel when the light goes out of someone. And I was just visiting with someone not long ago. And I've known her for many, many years. And I looked at her and she was, I was asking her, what's your update, right? Because she was going through a lot of career stuff. I said, I have to tell you, I've never seen you so light. Just mm. she's not a depressed person. She's a high energy person. She's great. Yes. I said, but there is a lightness to you. And she goes, Yeah, I just figured out I don't need someone's permission.
2: <laughs> yes. Right.
1: Right. How big is that? Right. She is so talented and stuff. She goes, I don't, I don't need their permission. <laughs> you know, I'm going right on because it's that sense of self. So when he asked for a seventy percent raise, and he used to be a risk taker, I'm thinking that's like jumping off a little cliff, right? You're going to get a yes or a no or or pound sand. You're out of here. Um, but he took the risk. That you can't do that and not change your self perception.
2: Yes. His wife said in in my testimonial, he said that he's like a different person, you know, so that, by the way, you know, that impacted his relationship, you know, because suddenly he was a different person, right. And he was probably a more fun person to be with.
1: Probably the person she met and fell in love with
2: first. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So, you know, you've been working in this field and people are coming to you. What are you seeing? I know a lot of people having these conversations, but are folks taking the steps forward to shift or test the assumptions or are they just staying where they are and just going like globally, not just the people who work with you, but when you look outside and get your data and stuff, what are you seeing?
2: I think people more in tune, but I think there's a lot of fear. And when I think about this, I usually say, this is what you need to understand. We live in some absolute extraordinary circumstances that nobody ever had before. You just need to appreciate that. So you can have your fear, right? But you need to appreciate that nobody ever had like remote work. And so very the fewest amount of geographic boundaries than we currently have today, right? Nobody ever had that. Nobody had this unprecedented access to learning that we have that you can sit on your couch, get an MBA. You can get a certificate. From an Ivy League college you can uh, learn for free or very inexpensively if you want like nobody ever had that if you think about a barrier to starting your own business you know I uh, when I came up with a career leap idea I posted on Facebook I posted on LinkedIn and I got my first three clients What did it take 30 years ago to start a business? Oh, yeah. Right? So if you think about the barrier, I'm not saying it's easy to start a business, and I don't recommend that it's a good idea for everybody. I'm just saying the barriers to that are very small. And then the fourth argument, our society, you know, COVID pandemic, artificial intelligence is going through massive transformation. And while it comes with pain, it always comes with a lot of opportunities. So we're living in this time where there's four pillars of remote work, of uh, low barriers to start the business, unprecedented access to learning, and transformation in society. I don't know what generation had this, and I don't know how it's going to last, and like maybe AI will dramatically impact our careers. It will take probably still some time to make this really big impact but right now, we're living at the most, you know, I don't even know what to say, fruitful time to not just have a career, but be in charge of your career, but be, have really amazing choices, be really thoughtful about what you want to do. And I think it's time to take advantage of that.
1: What role does personal initiative and intent play in your work? or in work in general you know for taking advantage of our opportunities
2: i would say it's it's uh, it's it's number one thing right it all comes out out of our wanting you know and if you really look at our deeper wanting about what we want you know and what really makes us tick in this life is and it's different for different people right but some people it is creating, you know. They need to. Some people solve problems. Some people moved by contribution to other people. Some, you know. So there is a lot of. But you need to make, do this work around yourself to understand what it, what is your like. I call it vocational value system, right? And then from there you can be like, oh, I know exactly why I'm not fulfilled with this current job. It's not just an intuitive feeling that I have. I actually now have a criteria yeah. of which industries or what type of organizations or what type of roles I would would work for me. So suddenly you have moving from kind of some type of a vague intuition feeling to, okay, there is, a, there is actually a process to that. There are specific criteria that help me make these really sound decisions for myself.
1: That's helpful for folks who really want to validate decisions as well. I mean, some folks don't care. It's like, nope. That's what I need to do, and they'll do it. Others need evidence, you know, like why should or am I being crazy? Um so
2: Can I just say it's great please. to have evidence? You know, like I want people to make very thoughtful, conscious decisions. So I actually, yeah, go collect all all the evidence. And I think also that what will help you deal with fear. Because part of the reasons that people are afraid of change, because change is Really objectively scary. You don't really know what's on the other side, whether you get a new job or make a career change. Will it be better? Will you be happier? Will you make enough money? Do you have the right skills? There's all these questions that, and if you look at, ask all these questions to yourself, it is really scary. And then you'll be stay paralyzed, which is, by the way, a lot of people stay paralyzed. Now, that's why I say don't commit to change, commit to exploration. Mm -hmm. But what if inside of exploration you will? get to not an abstract idea, but a very specific idea. And then you can actually answer your questions. Do you have the right skills? Will you make enough money? Is it worthwhile pursuing? Now that will eliminate a lot of your fears and a lot of unknowns. And then you can make, instead of jumping off the cliff, you can make a leap. Now it can still be scary and it can still be risky, but it's, we're talking about a very different level of fear and risk but then when you have no idea what you what you're trying to do.
1: Yeah, it's different than just walking into a blind alley that you don't know what you're gonna find, right? Because
2: you've already and that's asked... why. And, and that's what keeps people stuck that yeah. tremendous fear, right? So the, and because they are not really allowing themselves to explore, and whatever's on the other side is so dark, and you don't know what it is, then it's then you become stuck.
1: Absolutely. The other thing, Misha, that I found and would be really interested in your take on it is once people get started when they're working with you and they're taking these baby steps to find evidence or examine, do you find that the more they do that, the easier it is for them to make shifts?
2: Yeah, I think it's all, like if you look at a human decision-making process, right? A lot of it comes from having the right information, right? That's how we make decisions. So the more information we have, the better decisions we make. So in this particular case, you want to have information about yourself. So that's where I do a lot of work on your career blueprint, So that's related. There is innate criteria, there's aspirational criteria, there's integrational criteria. There's all these criteria, which is like, oh my God, now I know who I am and what I want. Isn't, Isn't just that amazing. And by the way, having that information, you can make huge improvements at your current job because suddenly you have, you know, what you need to work on right? And then the other piece of information, what's out there. And this is with my clients, we do this. This is my favorite thing to do then. we build what I call it the career leap map, which is a list of ideas of where and what you could be doing. And I usually say, explore all ideas. They don't need to be practical. You're not committing to any of them. Just allow yourself maybe there are businesses, maybe maybe there are nonprofits you want to start. Maybe there are different industries that you're interested. Maybe there are different roles. Just let's explore. And someplace there between your career blueprint and your career leap map in the intersections, someplace there, there will be more viable leaps that you can choose. And sometimes what I find people like, well, I'm not ready for this right now, but I might be ready for this, like in two years or in 10 years.
1: But now that it's on an their radar, story. Well, now it's on their radar when it comes along and go, oh, yeah, I remember considering this right now i can consider it again or and either go for it or not so you were going to say you had another story i want to give
2: another example so please so this woman comes to me an international tax attorney oh my god so smart yeah i know i usually feel like oh my god some people are so smart you know like you had to go through so much education and learn so much just to have you know and then do this work and she's like i hate it i hate it i hate it and the only options that I see either I need to keep doing this or I need to start my own business so one of the reasons that people feel trapped is because the ideas they're considering are either not exciting or they're not viable so for her starting her own business she doesn't have capital she never designed a product she doesn't know how to start a business you know so so then it makes you feel really trapped so we did her career blueprint and then we started working her career deep map and she's like well you know I really you know she had I think she had two, uh, sorry, she had two kids and she's like, I'm very interested in children's education and safety. And the business idea I have is a product for children. Then, you know, she narrowed down the next thing I know, she's calling me, Misha, you won't believe it. I just found, uh, I just got a a gig. It's an international startup, children, educational toy. Uh, There is an operational role. By the way, we looked at the types of roles in which she would excel. And we said she's very detailed oriented and go-getter type of a person based on her strengths, by the way. We looked at her role. She's like, oh, COO or operational type of role would be great for her. So she got a gig. And she said, not only like I am going to do more towards what I really want to do, I will see for myself whether starting a business is the right idea for me. And if it is, I'll be learning from this experience. Right? So suddenly... And that's what I find very helpful when people find, create a longer term leap for themselves. So any vision you create for your future will, can guide you at the present and give you clarity in the present, because suddenly it made sense. I had another example with another lawyer who wanted to become like a a leader of a nonprofit, you know, and then she ended up being, um, you know, starting to work as a lawyer and a manager in a, a foundation, you know, so there are a bunch of different examples of how your longer term vision could help you make a shorter term decision that takes you a little bit closer to it.
1: And each step you can decide, it's kind of like that little game, hot potato, cold potato, right? Am I going in the right direction? Well, Let's, oh, let's move a little bit different.
2: You got it. That's what I amazing. Mean. That's why I don't call them them goals. I call them visions, right? Yeah. So you create a vision today, it's guiding you today. You made a step forward. You re-examined everything, and then you can change it. You know, and you know, and then basically, that's the life of creation is continuously uh, redesigning your vision, redesigning your leap. Like where are you heading?
1: So, switching gears on you. Okay. Who have who have been your mentors along the way? Who have you learned and and helped <sighs> do your philosophy and your foundation for you?
2: You know I did a lot of study so it didn't just come I you know I um studied with transformational teachers with meditational teachers with ontological teachers so I went through like l- lately I'm obsessed with Byron Katie you know okay. <laughs> I, I even got a chance to speak with her about a year ago but you know like I always have a teacher and a mentor whether they kind of in real life And then the other thing that I work with my clients and that what I implemented in my life is creating a board of supporters, right? Surrounding yourself with the right people that, you know, are supportive of you, that could advise you, that could mentor you, that could guide you. And that's, I surrounded myself by these folks in my life also. And that's what I'm teaching to others how to do that.
1: How many, so this, the reason I'm asking this question is because we're doing something similar because I think about people say, well, I don't have support and I'm going, but it's all around us. If we look like, what am I looking for? Who could help me in this moment? So like you said, whether they're in real time or somewhere else, like they may not even know they're your mentor or supporter. Byron Katie, what a great example. Um, So when you advise people, how large do you, say their board of support should be you know
2: I don't advise necessarily on the size but I usually say there are several categories that need to be met so you have number one your life partners your spouses significant others if you have them it's very hard to implement change without having their support and how did I learn that I had this amazing client this amazing woman who got her husband through medical school, helped him start a medical business, gave a birth and raised two children while having her own career that she had to make some type of a twist to accommodate everything, right? So here she is, it's her time. She's working with me. She developed a beautiful leap. She was so excited about it. And then I had a question. I said, did you speak to your husband about it? And, And there was a pause and she's like, well, I hinted it to him, but he's not the type of a person that would understand it. And I like, uh oh, oh, okay. Like how, so this is a very tight marriage financially and emotionally. How how, how this could be even possible? So we distinguished the disempowering belief, you know, my husband is not the type of a person who understands it. And her assignment was to talk to her husband. He was super supportive and they got closer in their marriage, right? So this is how it works, right? Once you so partners and I, I call them life partners. So those are super important. Some other people with whom you have this type of a closed niche dependency. The second group, your partners in crime. Okay, this is a very interesting group because this is what I usually tell people. Do you know that most of communication that happens in our society, those are either complaints or gossips, right? So you're either complaining how something is not working or you're talking about other people, which is a gossip, right? And through my work and the work that we do in the Career Lead Program, you get to talk about some really profound topics about your vocational values, about what's your future like. So I usually say, choose a person, choose a person that you want to deepen your relationship with. You can start with one person, right? It could actually solve a lot of things to have one person like that. And you choose that person very consciously. And then, you know, develop an ongoing conversation with them. It's not like accidentally you meet. No, you speak once a week or every other week consistently. That's a board of, you know, that's that's your partner in crime. And then there are mentors or advisors. So those are the people that know more than you. So especially when people making a leap into a different industry or a different role, you know, they you need to introduce these people that have this knowledge that you don't. And my favorite are cheerleaders, you know. I have this aunt. You know, when everything sucks, I just call her and she thinks that I'm the smartest and everything will happen right for me. And no, ma- no matter what, he thinks that I'm amazing. So we need those people in our life. Um, so those are cheerleaders. So the size, it depends on the people. I have quite a few people in my board of supporters. With some of them, I talk very regularly. With some of them, I speak less often. With some people, I travel once a year. We go to Italy and that's, we spend... A week discussing our lives in very profound details, you know. And with some people, I speak every week for 30 minutes. So it varies.
1: So, folks listening, take that in because I think our world, and what I know when I work with folks too, our world gets very insulated to our work. Yes. The people we actually spend the most clock time with versus the most impactful time with, perhaps. And being able to have those conversations is. Freeing, and you know it. Does, like you said, you maybe spend thirty minutes, but it it was. I was counting over the last ten days, those two business weeks, more or less. I had probably half a dozen of those conversations with someone who said, "I just need mm. to chat for thirty minutes, right?" And I had one where I reached out and did the same thing. It wasn't profound, but I wanted a sounding board, right? But I don't exactly. do it with just anybody. It's someone who I I trust. They have my yeah. best interest at heart. Yeah. They'll be honest in whatever that looks like, exactly, um, and and vice versa. But having a place where you can get that is freeing. Number one, right? Because you you don't feel so isolated, and that I think that. But I love the cheerleaders too. You know
2: what? What I found, you know, there were a few people in my circle that we would meet socially. And we would enter, and then COVID kind of changed a lot of things. And I was in my personal inquiry, how do I communicate with them? Or how do I, this person that I admire so much that I think is so amazing, how can I have more of them in my life, you know? And actually the biggest breakthrough I had with my brother, because we see each other all the time, but in a family setting with kids and and we never got a chance to talk. And then I created this thing that why don't we meet once a month for dinner? And oh my God. Just the two of you, right? Just the two of us. And I love it. It just like changed our relationship and I think we feel so much closer. And it's not even just be saying something to each other that's so like profound. No, it's just this closeness and being each other live. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. And it's, but see, that was a very intentional move on your part. You weren't it's waiting. It's all about for it intentionality. Yeah, it's
2: all about intentionality, right? So all this work when we're talking about living your life fully, right? I usually have this skiing analogy. I don't know. Do you ski, Sarah?
1: I used to, till I wrecked my knee, and then it was a lot less. Enjoyable. Okay, got it. So,
2: but you will understand the analogy. You know, when people don't know how to ski, somehow our intuitive relax- reaction is to lean back, right? When you lean back, your skis move forward. And you actually don't have any control. Though intuitively our body wants to move back. What's counterintuitively is moving forward because it's scary. That's kind of you taking charge of the process. And when you're leaning forward, then you have control. But you have to be, have an intention, right? To have control. Then at least you have some control, right? So very similarly in life, right? So if most people, most of the time live... Leaning backwards, and then the way it looks like that. Life comes with circumstances, and we respond to circumstances. So when the whole life becomes just response to circumstances, good, bad ones, at some point, it feels very disempowering. So what my whole the career leap uh, methodology is rooted into my leap by design philosophy, that you at any moment you can actually design your future in whatever area of life, in whatever. You can actually, it it requires some self-inquiry. It requires some thought thinking. It, 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 it's inside it, it's some research, some going inside, outside. But you can always design where you want to go. Now, but it's really not about the future, right? If you know where you're going and you have a compass, you have clarity in the present. That That's the most beautiful thing, that by designing your future, suddenly like you know exactly what you should and shouldn't do in the now and then you live with with clarity and that basically a very different way of living than just you know just responding to circumstances
1: so i want you to to revisit that and i'll and i'll explain why that is the one piece like i think when we say we want to be this in the future the only way to be that in the future is to be that now in whatever way it shows up so if I want to be super successful, then it's like, then I need to act that way. I need to, what is success in today's life look like or healthy, you know, and make those choices. So go back and say that one more time and clarify it within your
2: frame. Sure. So let's see, like, like I work with people with career, but the same thing, we can work on your marriage, on your health. Like I have these sheets of my visions for my life. So it's beyond just being successful. It's just like, So what is the vision for your career? So that's the the journey that I take people on on discovering who they are, what they want so they can create their future. I want to be an entrepreneur or I want to be a humanitarian or I want to be a CEO or or I want to be whatever it is you just through. But it's not just random. It's something that comes out from you going through a deep inquiry. So now if you know that you want to be a, a CEO, then you got it today you're like okay what do i need to do today in order to become a ceo in 20 years if you want to be an entrepreneur you know then you got to be thinking today like what am i doing today do i need to take programs do i need courses do i need to create a business plan do i need to find a partner then then your mind today becomes moves you into that direction but you can apply the same philosophy to health you know i have the whole list of things that i want how I want my health to look like. I just turned 50 and I was like, you know, I want to that's how I wanna, you know, I want to be able to do that. And I wanna have these. So I'm living inside today, taking actions towards the vision that I have.
1: And if things change, you can change as well. But you're not things waiting. Change,
2: yeah.
1: yeah, you're not exactly waiting. you might
2: you, you know, you know, I usually tell a very fun story about my personal career exploration uh, that was over 10 years ago. I woke up one morning and I was like, I know exactly what I want to do with my life. I want to fight terrorism. You know, there was something about that happening. I was like, that's worthwhile cause. And I, and I got all the books about history of terrorism and I went to study like another language. And then I reached out. By the way, this is another very important tip. I reached out to one of the most senior women in our company because she transitioned out of working in a private sector. Going, she went to work for a government and then she came back. So like she will understand. And in our world, that's amazing that the super senior person and I was, you know, I was just one of the thousands of senior managers just promoted like was, you know, but now in this today's world, if you ask a lot of people will say, yeah, so she spent an hour with me. And she's like, I so understand it. Like, she really got me. Let me introduce you to somebody. The next thing I know, she's introducing me to this person. And then, then I'm having an interview with CIA. And then I have an interview with FBI. And then the, and the next thing I know, I'm getting a job offer from FBI. And when I'm getting my job offer, I'm very clear I don't want it. You know, it's just, I didn't even have to think about it. Right. I need to move to another city. I need to get a huge pay cut. I need, you know, there was like, oh, I, I need to start on the very bottom. And I was like, but the exploration was amazing, you know? And then, yes, as, as you said, we can change the vision. So then, okay, so that's not it. Okay, let's try something else.
1: Yeah, that's a great story. That's a great story. Okay, I'm now I'm going left again, Anya. You wrote Uh-oh. a song. I I really want to talk about this because I want to know how autobiographical the lyrics are and how much they frame your philosophy of life. Do you know where I'm going with this?
2: I have all my songs as rooted into my philosophy of life some okay. time ago. I also can tell you that when I listened to my songs, I was like, who wrote them? I have no I know, idea who the person is. <laughs> when I read it,
1: what I when I listened to it, I thought, And But I'd already read all of your other material first. I'm thinking this feels pretty congruent with me. But I wonder, it's that same thing. Like, who was I when I wrote that? But when you go back to when you wrote and performed happiness, right? Do you remember the whole message that went throughout that? So at one point in the song, you pivot from searching to knowing. Mm -hmm. In your life, did that happen for you?
2: Yeah, yeah. That song was very like reflective of that particular moment okay. where I, where I went through this uh, extraordinary experience and I was like, had like a big revelation. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, that's what it sounded like. So I wanted to, are you, is that too personal to share like how that you, you got that understanding? Cause that was powerful. Sure,
2: I, yeah, sure. I, I, I don't, you know, I did, I, I don't know whether you've heard about the Landmark Forum.
1: Landmark? So the.
2: Landmark Forum. Yeah. It's like this transformational program. So I did it back in 2004. And I remember coming out, it was like, oh my God, I just had a whole new understanding of myself and the world. And I felt like I was carrying this humongous backpack backpack with resentments and upsets and complaints. And I let go of it. And I just felt exhilaratingly and free. And that song was a reflection of that.
1: It certainly was a reflection of that. I just thought it was interesting. Um, because you know people write for folks on who don't have a podcast or whatever people will pitch you to be on their show and they write all of this stuff but I always wonder what is like the underlying thing for someone and when I found out that you had written that I didn't care what was on your other page I went to that page and listened to the lyrics I'm going oh there's a story here so (laughs) um, I just wanted to ask that because the words are profound and folks um, we'll put Misha's LinkedIn information there and you can find that link on his LinkedIn page just to get over to the song if you're interested. But it the lyrics are good and they really do say about your philosophy, even though you've deepened it and gotten more maybe articulate about it. But it it still feels very congruent with how you show up today. Do you agree with that? that was or
2: 20... I... Yeah, yeah. That was 20 years ago, you know. So I think that was probably the you know, the beginning of that process.
1: All right. So Misha, as we wrap up, I want to know is are there things? Is there one or two thoughts you want to make sure you leave the audience with today?
2: I usually like to finish all my emails with two things like, remember, to keep exploring. And that life is
1: beautiful. All right. So that's my second to the last question. My next question is, what's next for you? Mm. What is pulling you forward that you're exploring? Besides work?
2: So the career leap. I really want to make an impact on society level, you know, so right now I'm still in a small bubble. But I truly think that right, and I right now work with a lot of mid career professionals and executives. But I think my methodology would work for students for high school students and college students and MBA students and, and where people want to retire. So I have like a lot of work to do to bring my ideas to the world. So I'm grateful to you for giving me opportunity to talk about the career leap. Um, I'm also very involved um, with Worldwide Orphans, which is a charity, That works with vulnerable kids, orphans, but not only orphans. And about a year ago, I started our organization in Ukraine, where I'm from. So we just celebrated the first year of giving programs to kids with trauma, which is pretty much everybody in Ukraine right now. So I'm very involved with that. I'm raising three kids that right now kind of in preteen to teen tween age, (laughs) which is like. full time job by itself. And I'm mm-hmm. just trying to stay healthy and take care of myself to be able to do all these things that I really want to do. And to realize all the visions that I have on myself You have and the really
1: world. great energy. And your kids Thank are you. lucky to have you in their life. <laughs> um, and sometimes, <laughs> no, they are, you know, teenagers don't always like to know that. But they are. <laughs> so and that's their job to grow up and be teenagers and do their thing. So I wanna thank you for being on the podcast. Where do you really want people to reach out to you? I know everybody has different channels they prefer. What's the best way for folks to connect with you?
2: If you go to thecarealeap.com, that's my website, has a lot of information about me, about my programs. You can reach out to me there. You can find me on LinkedIn, Misha Rubin. There is, I don't think there's another one. And uh, connect me that way those the two best way to connect with me
1: okay with that i want to thank you for being a guest this week misha i've enjoyed um getting to talk to you pick your brain a little bit and share you with our audience
2: it's my pleasure
0: you've been listening to the no labels no limits podcast with best-selling author change agent and strategic vision coach sarah box You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review, and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.